you'll be happy to know, I don't know if it's deep or if it's going to be pithy and humorous, but it's not going to be long. I anticipated this service might be a little bit longer, and I knew there, there was these young people behind me, and uh, so we'll be mindful of that. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you for the Sabbath morning, the blessings already this morning. We pray for Garrett and uh, Gina and, and Ben, and we pray for him to feel better. And Jason, uh, we do thank you for your many blessings to us, and we thank you for the chance now to open your word in your name. Amen. For the next three Sabbaths, as Mark mentioned, we're going to be looking at the 136th Psalm and allow it to direct our thoughts towards giving thanks to God. You know, Thanksgiving is a singular day of turkey or tofurkey for some of you, uh, pumpkin pie, football, family, and hopefully in the midst of all those things that we do for ourselves, hopefully somewhere in the midst of all that, we express thanksgiving as well. But the call to, to thanks, the call to give thanksgiving should be, should not just be a, a, a singular event of our lives or, or a holiday event. It should be a daily activity for our lives and for our society. And as Christians, more particularly, giving thanks to God should be a special focus and emphasis of our lives. Psalm 136, we read it, but if you want to open your Bibles there with me to the book of Psalms, Psalm 136, the book of Psalms, Psalm 136, verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. When we cease to practice thanksgiving, we, we fall into Turmoil as a society, as individuals. We fall into decay as individuals and society. Turn quickly to the book of Romans. You can keep your fingers in Psalm 136. But in the book of Romans, Paul wrote something that, that has significance for, for why we should be continually focused on giving thanks to God. Paul, in the book of Romans, chapter 1 and verse 21, said, For although they knew God, this is speaking of humanity, for although they knew God... They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. The Bible says that, that although they knew God... They stopped giving thanks to God, and this led, they stopped glorifying God, and this led them to their minds and their lives beginning to decay, becoming darkened. So today, rather than, and over the next couple sermons, rather than just thinking, okay, the pastor's just going to tell us to say thank you again and again to God, think of these sermons maybe in a different light. If you're struggling with some sort of sin in your life, if you're struggling with some sort of conflict in your life, if there's a, a darkness hanging over you in your life in some way or in some capacity, Paul shows us and the Bible shows us that, that, that thanksgiving, giving thanks to God, is a weapon against these things in our lives. It's a tool against sin to give thanks to God. To give thanks to God is a tool against sin. 
So we're going to look at Psalm 136, and we're going to look at the first three verses today of 136. And, and all of these first three verses begin with the phrase, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. The, the final verse of Psalm 136 ends with that same phrase, give thanks. The English words, though, are not adequate representation of this word in the Hebrew. When I order something at Taco Bell, when I drive through the drive-through, Taco Bell, any of you like Taco Bell back here? Dane's hand went up fast. Some of the rest of you like Taco Bell as well. Any like Taco Bell out here? You know, I get my two bean burritos with extra onions. You know, sometimes I splurge and get the Mexican pizza, no meat, sub beans. You have to say sub beans. Some reason they forget if you don't say the sub beans. And when they hand it to me, I say, thank you. When those guys in the back, when our, our gentlemen in the back hook me up with my microphone every single Sabbath, and, and Lisa, we have a lady back there as well that works back there in the back, I say, thank you for hooking me up. Have a good Sabbath and go on with the day. It's, a, it's part of our thing. Even when I get pulled over by the police, <laughs> hand you the ticket, they say, this needs to be paid by this time. If you'd like to dispute it, you can turn to call this number. I, I know it. I've, I've had it happen a few times. You know, you call this number right here. You see this number on the back. They hand it to me and I say, thank you. Have a nice day. I may not always be so thankful, but, but we say thank you in a lot of situations. It's part of being part of a polite society. That's, that's what Mark was talking about with our kids up here. We've all been in those situations. Someone does something for our kid and we say, what do you say? Say, thank you. It's part of being part of a polite society. We give thanks on numerous occasions. We even carry that politeness over to God as well. Thank you, God, for my food. Bow our heads without any thought. God, thanks for the food. Wake up in the morning, thanks God for this day. Help us in this day. It's kind of just a polite uh, uh, thanks. But here in Psalm 136, the phrase that we translate give thanks is actually just one Hebrew word, and it, and it paints a picture of, of something far beyond politeness, far beyond politeness. This, this word comes from a, another Hebrew word that, that means to, to cast a stone or to cast an arrow out. And so the Hebrews, when, when, they, would, when they would sing this song, when they would uh, pray this song, it was not Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. What it literally means according to the lexicon is to cast out one's hands in praise and thanksgiving to God. So I know this might be a little hard for some of us in here. If you don't want to get above shoulder length, that's okay. But just can I see your hands just a little bit? Thank you, Holly, for being so right there quickly on the front. A little bit higher, maybe? I mean, this is give thanks to God for he is good. This is what it was. It wasn't simply polite, give thanks to God. It was, it was a passionate calling out to God. Give thanks to God for he is good. His love endures forever. It wasn't a polite thank you. 
His love endures forever. That's the, the other important phrase that runs throughout this, this text. After every single verse, his love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. We cast out our hands in praise of God for his love endures forever. There's many reasons that this verse, that this text gives us, this, this, this passage in Psalms gives us for giving thanks to God. But the underlying reason of it all is God's ever-enduring love. This isn't just in there as a, as a uh, musical device to repeat over and over again within the song. But, but this is a, a foundation for the reason why we give thanks. His love endures forever. Some of yours translate it this way. His steadfast love endures forever. The, the word steadfast is added to try to convey the deeper meaning of this word. The word in Hebrew is the word said, And this is a beautiful word. Israel understood God to be, to be fully and unconditionally committed to them in covenant relationship. They understood God to be, to be fully committed unconditionally to them in, in, in a covenant relationship. That's one thing that they understood about God. They also understood about God, Israel understood about God, that he was the one who would provide for all their needs as a community. He did this out of, out of his love. The third thing that they understood about God was that God's love was uncoercible. In other words, he loved them simply because, not because of anything they did or anything they did not do. Simply his love, what it was. These three things they understood about God. God is fully committed to us. God is our provider. God's love is unconditional. And has said this single word encapsulates all three of those things. We just say love or steadfast love, but, but, but to the Hebrews, it, it had this deeper emotion, pathos to it. God is fully committed to us. God is fully our provider. God's love is unconditional. All this in this one word. And this is the foundation of why we give thanks to God. We give thanks to God with exuberance. Thank you, Lord. You are good. The foundation of this is God's has said, his love. But there's a value to giving thanks to God, and there are reasons and context of why we should give thanks to God. And the first and the second two verses, verse two and verse three, paint a reason to give thanks to God that maybe we don't often think about. Verse two of Psalm 136 says, give thanks to the God of gods, his love endures forever. And then verse three says, give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love endures forever. We thank God for a lot of things. We probably thank God for our food. We thank God for our homes. We thank God for protecting us. We thank God for protecting our kids. We thank God for our, our church. We thank God for a lot of different things. But do we ever just stop and say, God, I just thank you for being God. Lord, I thank you for being Lord, Lord of lords, God of gods. We may not understand what is the importance of that, what is the significance of that, to just thank God for being him. Go back to Romans 1. Go back to Romans 1. To understand the importance of continually giving thanks to God for simply being God, for simply being the Lord of lords. 
Romans chapter 1, again, beginning in verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became foolish and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Notice what it says. As humanity began to stop glorifying God and giving thanks to God simply for being God. That's what it says. Although they knew him to be God, they no longer glorified him as God. They no longer gave thanks to him. And as humanity stops glorifying God and and giving thanks to God for simply being God, we not only are, are led into sin, we not only remove this protection against sin, but what the Bible tells us is that we be, begin then to create other gods, small g, to fill the whole of the one true God. If we fail to, to thank God, to acknowledge God for simply being God, for simply being Lord, we begin to create other gods, small g, in our lives. Now, just because, just because we don't live in a day and age where we're sitting around carving things out of wood and putting candles in front of them and, 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 and praying over them does not mean that we do not have the same problem as they had in their day. We, too, create God's small g because we forget to acknowledge God for being God. We, too, create other lords to help save us and protect us because we fail to acknowledge the Lord as the Lord of lords. I was listening to a, a, a secular podcast the other day, and I say secular just to give you some context of it. It's a sports podcast, actually, and normally they talk about sports, but they, they kind of drifted into some, some politics. It was the day of the election, and so they were talking on this podcast, and, and the 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 host was asking his friend, Joe House, who sometimes comes on and talks baseball with him, about what he thought of what was going on in the election and what he was going on in the state of the world. And, and they were talking about the vitriol that exists within society. And, 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 and the host said to Joe House, why do you think, or Jacko actually, not Joe House, sorry, Jacko. Never mind, you don't even know these people, so it doesn't matter. Unless Chris Thorpe is here, I know he listens too. But he said, what do you attribute all the vitriol in our country to? And, and this guy, Jacko, said this. And he didn't say it with definiteness or, or thought. He said, well, and to quote him exactly, well, maybe as people in our country are becoming less religious and they spend less time associating with spiritual things, their religion becomes politics, and now they have to defend it with a different level of intensity. What I hear in that statement is what Paul said. As people move away from celebrating God, they have to create other gods, and their God is now politics. 
If a person stops thanking God for being God, if, if a person stops seeing that the Lord is their savior, the Lord is their defender, the Lord is their protector, the Lord is the one that is their provider, do they then feel the need to rely more and more upon the human institutions to keep them safe and sound? If, if, we, if we fail to thank God for who he is and fail to see God for who he is, do we begin to worry more and more about the decisions that the government makes to bless or curse us? We start to think, well, if they do this, then, oh, man, my life's going to be in shambles. Or if they do this, then my life will be better. And they start to, to create, we, we create other gods that we have to depend upon because we forget to acknowledge the one true God. So we need other gods. We need other saviors to protect us. Do we become more obsessed with money and making money to provide for us, to take care of us? Does our money become our God as we forget that God is God, that, that God is the provider, that, that his love endures forever? His has said is fully committed to us, is fully the provider, and is absolutely free and unconditional. Do we become obsessed with these things? And well, we have to create a God because we're no longer acknowledging the one true God. We've had to create these other gods in our lives. What about maybe some of the things that, that, that we see as fun? What about some of the things that we see as fun? I think about sports and the video games that I see some of you playing. And those things become almost gods to us. That's what a God is. Young people, that's what a God is. A God is anything that we spend more time with than God, that we spend our focus and our time thinking about and, being, and gravitating towards. Those things are our gods. Any activity can become a God, sports or shopping or video games or, or, or work. Whatever is the primary occupier of our thoughts and times. And, and do we have these gods because we've stopped acknowledging God as God, as God, the Lord as the Lord. What I see in scripture is this idea that, that, that we've forgotten to spend time truly giving thanks to God for being God, so we've made other gods to put in his place. We've forgotten to, to thank the Lord for being Lord and being our true savior, so we put other lords in his place. And so the question for all of us must be, is who is our God? Are we giving thanks to God? Who is our, who is our Lord? Are we acknowledging him as Lord? Is, is the one true God our God? Is the one true Lord our Lord? Or is something inanimate? Is, a, is money or cars or a house our God? Is, is sports or, or shopping or, or video games or work our God? Are the social powers our lords? We think they're going to protect us. The, the stock market, a political party or a political view. Or what about this one? Maybe the structure of the church. If this falls, then what's going to happen to us? What or who is your God? The true God or a God with little g? The great thing is, is that if we recognize in our heart right now that there are things, maybe you're like me and you understand that sometimes things begin to crowd out the one true God. If you recognize in your heart that there are things in your life and, and things in your mind that are superseding the one true God. If you're struggling with some sin and you're wondering, how can I overcome this? Maybe there's one simple action we can practice this week. Something you can, you can take home and practice this week to change the direction of your life, to begin to remove that darkness from your life, to maybe help you overcome that sin in your life. 
One simple action. Hands up. Thanks be to God, for he is good and his love endures forever. What if it's that easy? Daily giving thanks and praise to the God of gods and to the Lord of lords and watching him change from the inside, us from the inside out. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the gift of thanksgiving, the reminder that we are called to always give thanks to you as God. We sometimes thank you in a very polite and casual way about all kinds of other things. But God, may we remember this week, remind us each day this week to acknowledge you as the God of gods and the Lord of lords, to acknowledge you as first, last, and everything in our lives. Lord, please take your rightful place on the throne of our hearts and may it give us peace knowing that you are fully committed, fully provider, and you love us freely. In your name we pray, amen.